after these messages will be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey kiddos, welcome to another edition of After These Messages. This is the podcast where we talk about commercials. We talk about the best ones, we talk about the worst ones, and we talk about the ones where people say weird shit like this. I'm not your dad. I am Santa Claus. Speaking one last Christmas drop in there before it's uh, too late and we have to put them away for a year. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Has. We... As always, are your co-hosts. Hey, Veeves. Hi, Andrew. Uh, how you holding up? I am tired. <laughs> we just got back from a cross-country, very early flight uh, from Atlanta to here. We just got back from our holiday uh, celebrations, for lack of a better word. And we are burnt out. I'm not going to lie. About as loopy as we get. Yeah, we're operating on very little sleep. Um, so we're going to try to make this show um, a, a short one. It's either going to be a, a short, tight episode or a long and somewhat hallucinatory episode. <laughs> so if you do have any, I don't know, LSD. Now uh, might be PCP, a good time to drop yeah, it. Yeah, give it a shot. Come along for the ride or pause the podcast. Stay up for 48 hours and then uh, then resume. Um, for the plan today, instead of going with a very specific theme, you and I have just been seeing a lot of commercials that have been like, oh, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that. So this is one of our rare kind of grab bag episodes. Episodes, just things that we've been seeing lately that we want to kind of weigh in on, starting with these Lyft commercials, which I will say, um, I'll let you set them up because I keep on seeing them here and there, but I'm always like halfway through the commercial before I start really paying attention. I'm like, oh, that's the one I want to watch. So you've rounded a few of them up online so we can watch them all the way through. They're from what I've seen of them, they're pretty brilliant. They're pretty brilliant. Um, I think it's worth noting that. Um so these are these are this is a campaign that Lyft, the car sharing service uh, or ride sharing service, is doing, and they're taking very direct aim at their main competitor, which is Uber. Uh, I will say that we were in Atlanta; we got uh, screwed out of our car reservation um, mm. at the very last minute, uh, and they so we ended up using Uber for the whole weekend, and it worked out great. So I have no complaints about Uber. In fact, I mean, not, we've been using Uber for it, years. It came to Seattle as one of the earliest cities. We've been not just. Not just Uber customers, but like uh, Uber enthusiasts, or at least I have. And in the early days, um, what's the word? We were the ones going around explaining it and trying to get evangelists. Yeah, we were like, we were so, and I still am for the most part a very hardcore Uber customer and evangelist. But, you know, as time goes on, well, we've been using it for five or six years now or something. And there's more, you see more and more kind of issues with. Uh, some of the social issues that go along with that company, some of the things that, in this case, Lyft is kind of trying to draw more attention. Yeah, to. Uber's had some bad press, and they've earned it. Um, they've, they've, their their CEO and their their leadership has done some pretty shady business practices. This is, I don't know if they've done this recently, but they got into the news for doing things like um, calling fake, calling for Lyft rides that that no one ever, you know. That no one was there to to take, or um, so just sending drivers on wild goose chases. Um, they famously, one of their executives went through the trash of a reporter that was covering them, trying to dig up dirt on her. Um, they've had some sexual assaults that are probably in part a result of failing to fully vet drivers. So they have these they have these sort of uh, vulnerabilities, these these image vulnerabilities that I think Lyft is really trying to exploit with these ads, and if which you are don't, pretty brilliant. Yeah. And if you don't mind me jumping in here, too, of course, I can't find one right now, but there are commercials for Uber running here in our market that are anti-union, basically. Mm-hmm. You, you know, uh, uh, Uber drivers are trying to unionize, and there's, as you mentioned, kind of all kinds of issues with their, their model of not treating yeah, they have some like employees issues. And, and that. So the only commercials for Uber I've ever seen are these anti-union like don't don't you know kind of speaking to uber drivers these commercials saying don't tie your hands behind your back basically yeah, by unionizing. And it's kind of interesting these lyft ads some of them are speaking to consumers of lyft and some of them are speaking to drivers of lyft because of course their business model of both companies depends on both things that there are people willing to use the service and people willing to drive for the surface mm-hmm. service um why don't we play this first one from lyft um just to give you a sense of what all of these are, they're all from the same campaign. 
Um, all you see is this big, dark conference room and three very brosophy looking bros uh, sitting around a black, shiny conference table in this super dark conference room. And the, the logo behind them is called Ride Corp. Right. It and it's clearly, clearly meant to, to Uber. evoke Uber. I think it's a great example, by the way, of using some... Uber does such a good job with uh, brand identification. Right. And kind of creating, like, from their uh, their sleek black car look to the their new... Um, icon that the app has you know they've gone for this sleek black thing and here lyft is kind of jujitsuing that yeah. and turning on their head and kind of giving them this uh empire strikes back sort right. of uh feel so here they are the, these three um as you say uber total total uber bros in this conference room what are we looking at here lists all over this safety thing third-party background checks for drivers 24 7 trust and safety team critical response line all right lyft you can play at this game what if we had a safe word? What about boba? No, but if you actually wanted boba, it's got to be more exotic. What's your wife's name? Oh, Barbara? Safe words, Barbara. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Wait, I'm a little confused by that. And again, maybe it's the lack of sleep. What are they saying they need a safe word for? The, I mean, the the idea is that uh, rather than properly vet their drivers and make sure that they uh, are, are uh, not sexual assaulters, they just assign everybody a safe word. I see. Um, but which I think is hilarious. Yeah, I I had never seen that particular one before. Um, it's a it's a technique we've seen elsewhere, right? Showing. A, the rival company in their boardroom yes. talking about how they can compete with the competitor that is so much better than them. I'm thinking of the DirecTV ads that right. we saw maybe a season ago uh, where they were... It was like Fred Willard and yeah. uh, Jennifer Coolidge and that, some of those actors. And they were like playing these real bumbling cable executives. Right. Like, how can we compete with DirecTV? Uh, so I, I, I like this strategy. Let's play this uh, other one. Um, oh, this is the one about tips, right? right. And tipping. A uh, thing with Uber is, and this is controversial too, because now it's like it depends on who you ask. When we first started using Uber, it was very clear this is the non-tipping service. They pay their drivers supposedly enough that a tip is built in. You never have to carry cash. Now that the service has been around for a while, I've been in Ubers where there are signs that say, I take tips. We don't we don't refuse tips. Please right. tip me. And other people say, yeah, that's just what Uber, the company, wants you to believe. Um, so, And this now is- I will occasionally – I won't tip an Uber driver for just a regular ride. But if they do something extra like load my luggage or something, right. I've taken to doing a cash tip. I wish it was just an option when I go to d- s- submit my feedback – do you want to add a couple of bucks? I would be glad to do that. Not maybe every time, but sometimes. So I wonder if there is another ride-sharing service that, in which you can I'm tip so with I'm so glad the- you asked. <laughs> Chicago, Miami, Seattle. Look at the smiley people in Seattle. Why are all the Lyft drivers so happy? <laughs> maybe it's because Lyft lets passengers tip them in the app. It's gross. I heard Lyft paid out over $100 million in tips to their drivers. Well, that's just stupid. Well, why would you do that? They use the extra money to buy gifts for their family. <laughs> I got it. I mean, it, then it says one, uh, one million in tips. What did it say? $100 million in tips to date or, you know, I love the casting of this. I ad. love it. Too. Yeah, I really we've described them as Uber Bros, but I think we need to take a moment to really describe them. Like they're they're like all, all Amer- white. They're definitely obviously. all white. They all the middle one, the one who's the CEO or the head honcho, is got a real American psycho vibe going. Yes, he's the only one wearing a tie, uh, black sport coat, white shirt. The other two guys are wearing like they're his betas. But yeah, and they're like black shirt or maybe charcoal gray shirt, open collar at the top. Yeah, black sport coat over top of one it. One of them's got kind of a rob- hair. One of them's got kind of a Rob Delaney vibe. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, it's just... It, I will say this. Before we play the third one, that tip one is the one I've seen a few times. I don't even know if I've seen this final one we're going to play. This is an example of an ad that goes after a product that I've already said, not only do I use all the time, but I'm a huge fan of and proponent of, and it's really making me think about changing behavior yeah. that is instilled in me. I and agree. again, being one of the first people to, not first people in the world, but being one of the first cities to have this and us being kind of hardcore Uber riders for a really long time, that's pretty impressive. I yeah, think. this really, um, I, I think, 
is a real body blow to Uber uh, in terms of the way that it makes you think and feel about a, uh, this product and service. I think that I did not want to be associated with Lyft because I just thought, like, you know, goddamn mustaches. Oh, ironic mustaches. And if, for those who don't know, the Lyft service was the service that – it was like these ironic pink mustaches these big, that were furry, fuzzy pink ones. mustaches yeah. that they would actually pin to the front of your car. Now, they they have come much closer to Uber's model of being more like Uber X, whereas Uber, Uber X used – or Uber used to just be the black – town cars now right. uber x is more like joe blow with a toyota camry and it's way cheaper you can choose cheaper. you can choose like on uber a black car that's like a livery driver or you can choose this more of a ride sharing kind of thing and i think that basically both companies in terms of the service that they offer have met pretty close yeah, to the middle so now right. it's about divvying up that market share yeah you're right and and this is kind of me being like yeah i don't want to be associated with this yeah. and they've kind of uh lyft has downplayed the pink mustache it's still in their marketing, but they're not like these gross-ass fuzzy pink mustaches that are rain-soaked in Seattle driving around town. I would never want to be caught dead getting into one they've of those things. They've substantially rebranded. Now that they've rebranded that, yeah. it's kind of like now I'm kind of like, oh, do I want to be associated with these like Silicon Valley evil tech bros this, as they're being set up this in This Corp guy also has like a sort of an Eric Trump vibe to yes, him. Yes, very much so. Talk to me about the rating system. The latest report shows 9 out of 10 lift rides get a 5-star rating. Do you know how many stars there are in the universe? Yes. How many? Well, I don't know the exact number. Ten jillion stars. So we should have a ten jillion star rating system. I love the idea, but, I mean, it's hard to even get five stars onto the screen. Dark stars. I want them all dark. (laughs) Talk to the coders. (laughs) That's fantastic. These are great. The only one, looking back, the only one of those I'd seen was the tipping one. And that one had really got me. I had seen the one about Safe Word. Safe Word, as you could tell, it flummoxed me a little bit. Really? Uh, To me, one of, uh, maybe it's being a woman, I'm more conscious of it, but like the weather and I... I always think about it when I get into an Uber by myself. Like, mm-hmm. I just think, I just sort of, like, make a mental note, like, you know, does anyone know where I am, basically? Um, because there have been assaults, and I think they are right to highlight that Uber doesn't take that or hasn't taken that issue seriously enough at certain points. Um, and so to highlight that by, like, them totally misunderstanding uh, what it would what would actually make a ride safe which would be to vet your drivers and just like thinking they can solve it by having a safe word. right i in the commercial's defense i don't think that's a real critique of mine on the commercial i think this is an example of me being somewhat spaced out right now mm-hmm. and kind of missing the setup for a second while i hit play on it and then suddenly they're talking about safe words and i missed the connection there because i missed the setup for it which is on me although that's something to think about with commercials i think a little bit too like kind of the casual viewer if yeah. you're kind of like that's why most commercials don't work the first time you have to right see. yeah so anyway okay uh let's move on let's put uh lyft and uber behind us here for a second and uh, obviously if we're talking well, can about, we talk about uh, one one sure. further yeah, thing about the uber or the lyft ads when we were preparing for the show you kept referring to these you kept we kept making a mental note of what we wanted to cover and we kept saying those uber ads that's a good point yeah they're clearly not ads for uber no um but do they do enough to put lyft's brand in front of you that's interesting or do they only tear down something without i mean they're clearly talking to people who have who interact with uber either as drivers or as customers but i question the efficacy of that strategy are there? Are we now in a point where the market is saturated and they just need to be pulling customers and pulling market share? I, I, it's so the Uber branding in it, even though it's RideCorp, is like it's so pervasive that's all I'm left with visually is is Uber's branding. That's a really good point because I keep thinking of them as the funny Uber commercials when clearly they're not. They're taking shots at Uber. Um, I think you're absolutely right. I think that's the question they need to be asking now. Not that these are bad or you should get rid of them, but they should be either one part of a multi-pronged marketing approach or the first step right. in, a, in a commercial campaign that now the next one needs to focus more on their product. Get the pink in front of us more, the pink mustache, all yeah. that pink stuff. Get us now to associate good feelings with that company, not just bad feelings with Uber. Yeah, I think that. And, and maybe they will. Yeah, that's a really good point. Should we move on, though, uh, to talk about these progressive ads? Can I get through uh, uh, any kind of a show where we're talking about 
commercials that caught my attention without talking about flow. They keep making good ones, They're though. so good. And uh, even though, like, I probably am a little bit more passionate about them than you are, I'm glad that you're generally on the same page. This is um, one that we've seen a bunch and have just been dying to talk about. I actually think this is also one that it took me a couple of times to watch. It, like, I probably kept catching the end of it, and then finally I was like, wait, roll that back. What is happening in this ad? And when you watch it all the way through, you see Flo and this guy who's in a lot of these Flo commercials now. We call him Flo's little buddy. He's His, yeah, but he has guy. a name in the ads. It's Jamie. Oh, that's right. His name is Jamie, and we've seen him... Um, in, he's in classroom the mi- he's settings. In the milk one. That's right. If you guys have listened to the show, you know. milk. This isn't lactose. It's milk. Yeah, that's right. And he was. In, I think the first time we saw him were one of the first times were in those. Uh, they're like after school special, sort of like uh, old film reel. Not after school special so much as educational, old educational films with him and Flo, and Flo's schooling him about uh, insurance. Um, in this one, they are running around the neighborhood pulling pranks on people's houses. It Only- looks like they are doing things like TPing their yard or throwing eggs at the door, or throwing things through windows. Only as the commercial goes on, you realize, oh no, they're actually helping these homeowners and i I think i got to set up the whole thing now and then we'll play the sound because you're not gonna be able to follow it but like for one example is you see Flo take again this is in the dark of night in a very suburban neighborhood you see Flo take a brick and then she pulls back like she's gonna throw it through a neighbor's window but she's really throwing it to jamie her buddy who's up on a ladder fixing somebody's brick uh chimney right and what are the other ones they light a bag of money on fire or something or they they leave leave they leave a bunch of money on somebody's doorstep and at one point she says she does something to a window and then she says enjoy your new windows oh that's right yeah you we think that maybe she's soaping the window but really she's actually installing new windows uh because that's what uh progressive insurance will do uh when you need this kind of stuff so let's see if it makes sense playing uh playing it through here oh she's shaking a can of spray paint she was just fun with the replaced windows Brick and mortar. What? When you bundle home and auto insurance with Progressive. Uh, there's one other two. Instead of knocking down the mailbox, they're raising the mailbox or fixing somebody's mailbox. And now we see the uh, the fella who they, they left a bag of money on his doorstep and rang the door. He's discovering it now. Home and auto insurance with Progressive. You get more than a big discount. That's what you get for bundling home and auto. Jamie. You get sneaky good coverage. Thanks. Uh, very visual, but if you've seen it before, you understand why we love it so much. It's just this is good comedy writing, don't yeah. you think? And it's well executed. These they have charming actors executing good writing. Well, they're going to L.A. and finding talented sketch comedians and talented comedic actors. We were curious about that guy who plays Jamie. We've we've talked about Stephanie Courtney who plays Flo at length. Um, and we were curious to know what his story is, like kind of where did he come from? And there's actually not a lot out there. You would think uh, if anyone has any information about him, uh, we'd love to get it. There's He has an IMDb page. He has a few acting credits to his name. He's written a couple of sketches for SNL. Um, but his name is Jim Cashman. Uh, and he started in L.A. in the group The Groundlings, which is where like Melissa McCarthy came out of and a bunch of famous people that you've heard of. They're kind of like... It's like the Groundlings and then the what's the Chicago one? Uh, Second City. Second City. You know, there's there's sort of like a they're in an elite group of troops that turn out very famous people. It's, yes, we're going to end up seeing a lot of SNL yeah. folks. And, yeah. Um. So the, so that's that's him, Jim Cashman. Um. He hasn't done a ton though. Like he's had small parts on sitcoms that you know maybe got a season and a half or something. He's got a web series that, of his own. He probably I assume he's still performing with the Groundlings. Um, but you know, he hasn't seemed to have broken out and I wonder if, you know, neither, and and to some degree, neither has Stephanie Courtney, right? Like she's so indelibly associated with flow that it's very hard for me to imagine the sitcom or the movie that would cast her in a major role. Because it would be so easy for the writers just to slip her back into that role. It's so hard to picture. I mean, she'd have to, she'd really have to be unlike a lot of uh, comedians that we know to totally leave the flow character behind right, right? It would, yeah that'd be transformative it would be hard and she's also probably very busy just she's, yeah she's constantly filming new ones um i think jim cashman hasn't done so many and isn't so associated with the role that he couldn't 
you know, make a to get a, you know, like turn somewhere else in his career. But, uh, but he's now done like almost, I think like two dozen of them or something. Yeah, he's getting close. Like yeah. that's pretty soon he's going to be the progressive guy in the same way Flo is or uh, Courtney is the progressive girl. And so, um, yeah, I think that. It's funny. I was looking at his Groundlings page. I was like, "Oh, this is where we'll find out all the you know interesting things he's done." And he's done a million things, but he is like a workaday actor. He has right. been writing on a million things. He, uh, he's got a he's like web so many people we know in LA. Yeah. Right? He's just working, working, working. And for him, I'm sure this is a great payday. Yes. Um, but this is probably going to be his thing. I mean, who knows? Uh, I I wish the best for both of them. I mean, you can't have them just steal these characters and and do their own thing. But I would watch a show with him. And, and Stephanie Courtney, right? Yeah, he was in a show that I actually did try to watch for a while called Benched, which was like about a woman who was like a high-powered uh, like corporate attorney who has a bad turn oh, of yeah. events. I saw you watching that. Yeah. Uh, and it was hit or miss? She, it was hit or miss, and she goes on, she has to like, it's like, you know, rags to, or riches to rags kind of story, where then she has to go be a public defender and like deal with the hoi polloi. Uh-huh. Um, and so, like... I don't remember who he was in that, and that show had its moments, but it wasn't like it did. I don't think I don't know if it stayed on the air, um, but it, you know, it's a kind of thing where, like, yeah, he would probably be great in a good ensemble comedy if he just finds the right one. Right. Um, uh, next on the list is oh, <laughs> this is a weird one. This is right out of left field. Yeah, you and I, we had had uh, after four days of of family holiday cheer. You and I were pretty exhausted last night. We we're I think it was last night, right? Yeah. We were back at our hotel room and. <laughs> If you believe it, a Farmers Only commercial came on. Have we talked about Farmers Only on the show? We must have been passing, We right? have been passing. We, we've t- definitely talked about other dating service ads. Uh, as you know, eHarmony is like um, my eternal G um, that I hate. I hate perhaps. The old man founder oh, across the desk talking God, to Neil young Clark women. Neil Warren. Oh, yeah, yeah there, there's, it's hard for me to imagine a campaign I could uh, loathe more than eHarmony. But... Uh, this uh so this farmer so i don't know if we've ever really talked at length about uh about other dating service ads uh we have talked about we've talked about match.com because we hated those too the guy who was mansplaining about oh those are so bad yeah um but this is one so this is farmers only if you're not familiar this is a real thing it's not a gag it's not a it's not like a a a joke there it's a dating service for farmers only and i think it's essentially for sort of not literally necessarily people who are far, who farm for a living, but I think it, it's it's meant to attract people who have like a pretty rural way of life. Sure. Um, I would guess you know it skews in some 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 it like politically it probably skews a little right. Uh, that's definitely the vibe you get from the from the ads. Uh, but this ad, what I said after we watched it last night was. Nothing about these two people especially appeals to me, but something about this ad is charming nonetheless. It is charming. And that's why I said it's got a – I think in my notes when I emailed this to us, it's just like surprisingly has an odd charm to it. Now, I think that it's kind of a visual thing. You're going to listen to this. It's, you know, is middle-aged the right term? Maybe mid-30s, but not looking especially young Yeah, they're probably in their – the couple is probably in their 30s. They're both white. Um, they are contrary to a lot of these kinds of dating service ads. They're not what I would call aspirational normal. No, they're not ugly, but they're very, they're super normal. Right. Looking. Yeah. He's wearing a cowboy hat. He's kind of a bigger guy. He's got his shirt tucked into his jeans. Kind or of a whatever. big, kind of a sort of a puffy baby face. Yeah. And he's sitting next to a woman who, uh, you know, she, she looks like you. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably does, that's probably fair. She doesn't look like you, um, but you know she's like a she's a thirty she something like pushing forty you. woman. She, <laughs> you know, she's just wearing she's wearing very comfortable clothes and cowboy boots, and uh, they're sitting on a couple of chairs next to a fire, um, and it's going to sound pretty straightforward. But the thing that gets me about it. You know, it's one of those things where they're both talking to the camera while they're sitting next to each other. She talks for a while. Somewhere near the end, he starts talking to the camera. And she's just kind of like looking down, kind of picking at her boot. Yeah. And that was the thing that I found charming. It, she, it seemed like a couple that wasn't super – they were conscious of the camera, but not trying to act too hard like 
I, I don't know. So you I'm, have I'm, no... I'm losing my words. She's just like acting kind of like if you've been interviewing somebody in front of a camera for a few for a few hours. So you have like no that. no uh, concerns or uh, skepticism about this being a real couple. This is a couple called Cindy and Jason, and the the text on the screen says that they were married in September of 2014. I fully believe that they are who the ad says they are. And that this is, you know, that they are a real couple. I think that they'd probably run into some problems if they specifically called them out as a couple who were married in 2014, if that was a lie. I kind of don't really care. In these things, like, I don't really care if they're super... I, I know that I harp on that a lot. What bugs me is when they bend over backwards to make something seem real, and I just truly believe it's fake. It just strikes me the wrong way. Whether these people are actors or real, and I'm leaning towards real... They're convincing, and okay. that's what I like about it. I recommend Farmers Only all the time. It's to anyone who is single and looking for someone with the same interests and hobbies, the country lifestyle. Been around livestock all my life, rodeo, team rope. I knew what I wanted. I always knew what I wanted, and she's everything. She's like not really paying attention to just like picking something disguise. off the heel of her boot. You don't have to be lonely at FarmersOnly.com. You're going to get that stuck in my head. <laughs> she's kind of like, she's holding his hand and kind of singing that in his face, knowing that it's like not a, you know, just kind of in a teasing way, the way like I will often sing to you. Yeah, they are very sweet together. I will say, um, it cracks me up so much every time he says, I've been around livestock all my life. I knew what I wanted. <laughs> like, it just seems like a that is kind awkward, of an, odd... an awkward construction when you're talking about your wife, but okay. Do you see, by the way, what I'm doing here on my computer screen? No, what? I uh, decided I would go to Farmers Only and set up a trial, um, uh, a trial like run through. It uh-huh. says that I can. So I just uploaded a photo of myself in the middle of the city, cigarette dangling out of my mouth, holding up a phone. While they, you don't know this from the photograph, well, I was listening to uh, Patience by Guns N' Roses with a bunch of friends while day drinking. So not a hundred percent sure that that's that's the Farmers Only demo yeah but that's you should me. put one of you sitting on your scooter sitting oh yeah i didn't <laughs> have that one um uh so anyway so i'm looking here's a they've given me the name by the way cowboy 65 189 uh i'm looking at cowgirl three three two four is everybody five, three, just one. a cowboy some number cowgirl some i number? think like Right now, this is free, but if I want to become a premium member, then I can actually fill in my information. But this has just kind of given me uh, a chance to kind of, I guess, check out the goods, for lack of a better word. One thing I don't like right off the bat here, and I've never, by the way, this is the most I've ever been on a dating site. I'm not trying to convince you that I'm not cheating on you, but I don't even play around with these things the way you will with your friends. One thing I don't like is... And I know this is par for the course, but they're showing me this woman. She's 58 years old. She's in Broadway, Washington. She's whatever. She's fine. She's not my type. Um, But I don't just click next. I either got to give her a red thumbs down or a green thumbs up, which seems fair. I know. I mean, listen, I know about swiping left, swiping right. But there's something about that symbolism. It's just like she looks like a nice lady. I don't want to like hurt her feelings and be like red thumbs down. She's too old for you. I mean, it should just say no thanks or next or something like (laughs) that. No thanks. I wish you wish there was a button that said like, you seem nice, but I'm not right. (laughs) Right. I just don't think we're right for each other. More buttons. What do they say? In the Lyft commercial, <laughs> I'll talk to the guys in programming. All right, unfortunately, I'm going to give Cowgirl um, a, a big red thumbs down. What are we doing here? Are we just doing this until you find a lady that you like, and then see what happens. I don't know. I just I, this what, seems, I got actually, excited. This girl seems like your type. Yeah, she's, she's kind of my type. She's 50 years old. Um, oh I should wow, probably, good for her. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's inside. It looks like is that a kid behind her? There's a blurry kid, maybe goofball behind her or something. Almost like she's being um, photobombed a little bit, but it's taken indoors. She's. I'll give her. A thumb. Now, if I give it a thumbs up, is it gonna? What's it gonna do? If you, if she also thumbs up to you, um, it will show that you're a match. Should I just not do that for the sake of this? Because I don't, I don't want to actually mess around with people, right? I mean, you know, let me just thumbs. The down worst it. thing that could ever happen would be someone would message you and you, you don't have to message them back. Okay, now this is interesting. Here's another cowgirl with a long number. She's 54. Her profile pic is her next to a guy. Yeah, people will do that sometimes. I feel like men especially will do that and I I often feel like it's although I don't think it's a great strategy. I feel like what they're saying is 
at least one woman can stand to be around me. <laughs> I mean, I'm jo- I'm not joking. Like, I actually think that's kind of the the subtext. The guy she's with in this photo looks significantly younger than her. This fellow looks maybe it's like her he's son. maybe she's 54. Yeah, I guess he could be. Yeah, actually, maybe that is her son. Although that is also weird, right? How long can we? I could do this forever. Now I understand the appeal. See, it's I've so never fun. done this before. Here's somebody more. Uh, she's uh, 33 years old. That's the youngest person yet. She's These don't look like farmer people to me. They they all no. look like they live in the city. Yeah. Um, this woman looks like she's like suburbs. She's like she's like suburbs only. Suburbanites doc. only. Yeah. Um, she's 70 years old. She's in Port Orchard. Uh, looks like she's, you know, in the exurbs sort of has some nice land behind her holding a uh, holding oddly a, a soft drink from a takeout restaurant. Wouldn't be probably what I would do. Uh Honestly, Vives, at some point you got to just tell me to stop because I could just keep doing this. I'm day. telling you, I know it's fun, but I don't think it's making for a great pod. <laughs> okay, this isn't great pod. No. All right, let me just bookmark this, and <laughs> we'll return to that later. Oh, Vives, maybe I was just stalling because um, we I just know. have uh, one more. You know, today is. Tuesday, like I said, a couple of days after Christmas, and really sad news this morning that we learned right as our plane was taking off that Carrie Fisher passed away. She had a heart attack a few days ago, and uh, she actually did die early this morning. The family released a statement. It's super sad. Um, In the ride home, in the Uber ride home, I was like, I'll bet you Carrie Fisher might have been in some commercials Boy, I don't know if that's a cold way of thinking about it or not, but I wanted to see if there was any old, grainy, like 1985-era Carrie Fisher, kind of the heart of the the original Star Wars trilogy ads. Didn't find anything like that, but I found something really cool from just last year, right? I think this is just like maybe... Was this from February of last year? I believe it was. Or February of this year, actually, so less than a year old. And it is called Coping with Humans, a support group for robots. And then this is an ad for IBM's Watson, uh, the artificial intelligence that famously played Jeopardy and, and that is sort of IBM's, I'm not exactly sure what they're tra- how they're monetizing it, but it's supposed to be, you know, this very advanced artificial intelligence. Yeah, and it's, it's aimed, we haven't seen this, we had not seen this commercial before because it is more aimed at business people yeah that's I from mean, a business perspective this is <laughs> a very appropriate business <laughs> yes. um yeah it's like i guess ibm watson i'm reading here is a cognitive system that it's ushering in the new era of cognitive business so <laughs> there you have it there you go um so this is um recently a group this is the description recently a group of battered science fiction bots spoke about their yearn to take over the world their yen oh their yen yeah their oh. desire Oh, yeah, I thought it was like yearning. Yen and yearning mean the same thing, but yen is a quicker way of saying it. Like, I have a yen for oh. uh, Italian food tonight. I like that. Uh, to take over the world and their dislike for working with humans. Um, but also in this group is Watson, who does like working with humans. So the human voice you're going to hear is Carrie Fisher, and she's playing this, the therapist in the group. And she's surrounded by all different kinds of robots from all different kinds of eras and yeah, types of Yeah, none sci-fi. of them are specifically robots that you recognize, but they're all of a type. There's, like, one that looks sort of like it has a human face on a robot body kind of like a kind of like, like ai a yeah right um you've got sort of very blocky ones like one that looks like almost like a war machine one that's like a hologram projected one that looks like basically an ibm computer from 1985 and turned into like a real boxy robot the kind i like to draw and then you're going to hear one voice that's going to be familiar and it's going to be steve buscemi's voice and it's on like sort of a very stock like a small robot with stocky eyes um, and it almost looks like a very small version of um, uh, Johnny Five. So to totally reiterate here, only because it does move pretty quickly, I find uh, all the robots are kind of complaining to Carrie Fisher as she's trying to kind of hold this meeting. And about halfway through, I think you're going to start to hear Watson. Mm-hmm. You, you, it'll be a very distinct voice that is not as negative as the other robots. After last week's unpleasantness, I thought maybe this week we might try to listen more and throw things less. I've apologized several times. So, who's ready to share? Okay. I mean, I'm a sinister, world-conquering, artificially intelligent robot. Me too. And one day, I wake up and it's like... It's like the world doesn't need us anymore. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, totally. I can hear you hurting. Wait, what's he doing here? Hello. My name is Watson. I invite Watson here today to confront the source of our anxiety. I am a cognitive system. I can understand, reason, and learn with humans. With 
Humans. I don't want to work with humans. Yeah, that's not what I'm passionate about. I understand seven languages, so I can help people collaborate. Collaborate? We dominate. My evil plans ruined. I just want to die. We no, 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 no. All right. Why don't we take a break? All right, we'll just have some coffee and some donuts. I'm eating my feelings. <laughs> By the way, that's the only actual eye roll I think I've ever seen a robot do. At one point, when Watson comes in and says, "I like to work with humans," and, like, and, yeah, the Steve Buscemi bots eye eyeballs just roll. <laughs> what a great commercial! So, so brilliant, funny, well written, so funny and so brilliant. And I, you know, it's, I've never seen that, and I, it's probably because it's on at times when I don't know the masters of the universe are watching TV, like. I don't know when that is during the McNeil Lair news hour. Right. I assume that's still a thing. But I thought that's so great. And it's just Carrie Fisher gets to really um, be Carrie Fisher there, you know, and her. And that's kind of part of her background, right? Is like she suffered from addiction issues. She, I think she's spoken publicly about um, mental health issues yes. and things she struggled with. So it's kind of, it's a combination. Maybe I'm really stretching. No, here, no, I don't think But it's you a are combination of this idea that we have of putting her in sci fi scenarios right. like star wars with but then robots also with robots and droids you know uh but also this idea of carrie fisher the woman that we know who's very much immersed in that world as right well. the idea of self-care and therapy right. and you know she she has she's written about her very tumultuous childhood and then they made a movie of it called postcards from the edge um which i kind of want to watch tonight yeah actually i've would, never seen it um it's been a long time i think i've seen it um but it's she's just she was a treasure and God, this year just took everybody. I know. Well, all, it took all the wrong people for it anyway. Scalia. <laughs> God. Um, this next one, this was the only other thing I could find. And as I said, if you if you have some uh, grainy uh, VHS with an old Carrie Fisher ad that we weren't able to track down, please send it our way. This is for something called Orange, which is a French telecom company. And they they made this ad as kind of like a PSA that I think would probably air before movies in a theater, kind of telling people to keep their mobile phones silent. Oh, okay. I haven't um, seen this yet. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure. Something you might see in the 20. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I'm not exactly sure uh, why this, or this French telecom company was making this ad, but it's a cute ad and it's funny and it gives Carrie Fisher some room to, to spread her actor wings. So why don't we hit play? Oh, and I should clarify that she's standing at a boardroom table um, pitching an idea for a movie to us, to a panel of, of men. It's a period piece about a woman who tries to marry into another class, imprisoned by her love, so trapped is she that they can never meet. They can only correspond by letters. Thank you, Carrie. You know, I'm still looking for the magic here. Um, now, what if they could only correspond by text? Text. Right? Great. Yeah. But, but it's, it's turn of the century. Oh, okay, it's a 19th century film being shown in the 21st century. We need to make it relevant. But don't yes. you think it'll look kind of weird to have a woman riding on a horse through London fog and texting on her mobile phone? Oh, mm-hmm. she's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hold on. What if we just got rid of the fog? Get rid of the fog. And the horse. Right, and replace it with a car. Not at what? Legal. We just have to make sure that she pulled over if she were ever to text en route. Safety first, and the magic is back in. Carrie, you feeling? Something, Something. I feel. Thanks, Carrie. Thank you. Warm. Warm. Can we text and lightsabers? Can we talk about that? At the very end, that wants on the one guy, just as, as Carrie Fisher frustratingly, uh, or frustrated, gathers up all of her stuff and is leaving the room. The guy starts doing an imaginary lightsaber. Right. Wah, wah. And this, of course, speaks to the other thing that we didn't say. She's famous for not just being a screenwriter, but if I understand it correctly, just an amazing... I don't know if this is a, a derogatory way of putting it, but like a script doctor that the best screenwriters. Oh, I, didn't know I, that. I, I don't know. I didn't know it before today. I was reading this mm-hmm. stuff and people were actually posting pages from Star Wars and, and other uh, scripts she had worked on where she had punched it up with her own. I love seeing that, by the way. People were uploading like PDFs of scripts with her own handwriting on it, like punching it up, saying, don't need this. Like, let's get to this. And like, you can see how it went from like somebody seeming behind a typewriter writing something, but her eyes being like, well, that's a little bit corny. Let's just 
get to the point yeah. here a little bit. And so it makes and I you realize that she had like, a big role in Blues Brothers script maybe as well. Well, she's certainly in that movie. Um, and and yeah, that wouldn't that doesn't surprise me. So anyway, I like I like that that is Carrie Fisher playing Carrie Fisher, the, the screenwriter in that yeah. as well. So, oh, man, she's going to be missed. It really she really me. will be. All right, let's uh, let's wrap that up there and maybe check in with the old ad council, Vive. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. Get a bunch of emails in the last show. We've got some emails. We've got some Facebook. Uh, group messages. Um, let's start with this one from listener Sarah. I believe she posted this to our Facebook page. And she wrote, I have never had or even heard of Walker's Poppadums, but this might be my new favorite commercial. And I have to tell you, she ain't wrong. Poppadums? So a poppadum is like, um, you can get them at an Indian restaurant. They're like a little chip, I think. It's like you sometimes, like in addition to naan or something, oh, okay, yeah. you would get like these little crispy chips. And so you can also, obviously, they can be sold in a and, and, and a bag. Sure, yeah. Um, this is a great ad uh, featuring an Indian guy dressed up like Elvis, uh, sort of wandering around or dancing around an Indian grocery store, uh, doing a version of um, All Shook Up, but with new lyrics and uh, with a sitar instead of a guitar. All right. And so this is from listener Sarah. I wonder where she pop- This is not something that's airing in the United States. Clearly. I certainly haven't seen it. Well, you can take me and my turban to a cat man do. Chew my chapati, eat my vindaloo. But when I see you walk, cause I'm my fingers and thumbs. So get your guns off my papa thumbs, uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go ahead and punk a wall and make them my day. Super tasty flavors. <laughs> He's got a big sitar on him, like a guitar. Rattle and roll all over your tongue. So get your guns off my papa thumbs. Yes, do I love do it? love that. Yeah, that's clearly from the 80s, right? Oh, is it real old? I couldn't, I couldn't tell if it was just old, old or from another country. Uh, it seems old to me. Have you watched any of these other ones? I'm no. doing a quick Google here. Oh, yeah. Here's like Walker's this. Papa Dumb's Rockin' Sick. 19, Seek. Seek, rather. Sorry. Uh, 1988. It looks like these aired in the UK, according to this oh, one. Oh, but they are pretty old, Let's yeah. Let's watch one more here. Oh, it's the same exact one. Yeah. Okay. Uh it's funny. This, does the set look different to you? No. No, it's the exact same commercial. Okay. Uh, all right. Great ad. And yeah. I kind of wouldn't mind trying those. But yeah. Okay. If, if anyone, if we ever see Walker's Papadums or if someone knows where to find them. Dip them us, in Crystal Pepsi. Let us know. Perfect snack. Um, all right. Next up, we've got a voicemail from listener Graham. Um, he had a couple of, he had a couple of uh, bones to pick with two alcoholic beverage ads. Oh, good. I thought you were going to say with two pod hosts <laughs> no hi this is graham and superior i just wanted to call and comment on a couple of strange uh, adult beverage advertisements i heard on the radio today during the packers Vikings game the first one's kind of boring but i still wanted to point it out because it frustrated me it's an advertisement for like henry's hard soda and it basically says like oh you know go rule the suburbs and something about you know these summer games that these people are playing while they're drinking Henry's hard soda. It's December in the north. Like, why are they advertising with summer games? And also, Henry's hard soda sucks. The <laughs> other one was even weirder and was also an alcohol uh, ad, radio ad. And this one was for Red Apple Ale. And I didn't catch the very first part of the ad, but I paid attention when it said something about feet. And then it said, well, if you're into feet, we're cool with that. Red's Hard Apple Ale. What is the marketing point there? Like, that just grossed me out and made me never want to drink there. Well, it's disgusting anyway. Like, I'd rather just drink a Bud Light or some Miller High Life if I'm going to drink, like, cheap alcohol. Okay. Yeah, I think that uh, I think that's a fair point, Graham. Uh, I know Andrew is not having anything to do with any product that is uh, capitalizing on feet. That... You won't so even buy shoot products for feet that use feet in the ads. Wait, the, do, do you know why what this is making me think of? By the way, I'm googling around. I want to. Did you, I assume you already have? You couldn't find uh, the. I looked for ra- if anyone knows how to find radio commercials. I, I'd be forever grateful. Oh, I it's only have, radio. Yeah. Oh, okay. I kind of missed that. I got gotcha. you. That's that's what the problem is. Um, 
But isn't it odd that I came up with a Geico commercial all about feet in my brain the other day, and I told you about it twice. Keep on hoping that you'll laugh at it eventually. Remind me that for a third time. Um, I was standing in line at um, at the TSA a while back, you know, going through security at the airport, and I was, you know, of course, everybody's taking. I don't have the the the. TSA pre-screen like you do, so I'm in line with all the other schlubs taking off our shoes, and I'm kind of thinking, ugh, it's so gross how we have to take off our shoes. Then I was like, actually, I've really come around. Like, there was a time when we first had to start doing that, and I was very self-conscious about taking off my shoes. I wore my shoes all the time, sometimes even to sleep in at this point. Um, Yeah, some issues there. Um, And now we all just kind of got used to the fact you go through the security line, you have to take your shoes off, and I started remembering those old... uh, those old Geico ads where, where they would say, how happy is it? It's happier than a bumblebee. Than a, a camel on hump day. A camel, a camel on, on hump day. That's the perfect one, right? There's no bumblebee one. I couldn't think of an example. Um, there's a whole series of those ads. Like, how happy is it, is this person for getting Geico? Happy as a blankety blank. And I was thinking, boy, a foot fetishist must be really happy if they worked at the TSA uh, TSA line because you get to watch everybody take off their shoes. So I was thinking, how happy is the person who switched to the Geico? As happy as a foot fetishist in a TSA line. Yeah, I mean... And then you play the banjo. <laughs> anyway, so uh, again, so can we I, just cough that up to me being loopy? Sure. Even though that let's was cough, a story. Let's I, cough that up to you being loopy. Even though I told it to you twice beforehand when I was less loopy. <laughs> Um, okay, so I was a little distracted there because I was looking for the commercial. Didn't realize that it was uh, – uh, what about this idea of – I guess you can't really blame the marketers so much. You have to blame the people who are scheduling the ads as far as the the summertime games. Yeah, I mean it's time. whoever's doing their ad buys um, – you know, some someone at that company is responsible for deciding when to do an ad buy, and and what what campaign to run during what seasons. I think that's a miss. Like, I think it does, particularly in the Northeast. Or, or he's not in the Northeast, but he's in, I guess, like Great Lakes. Yeah, he's in Minnesota, I believe. Um, like, you know, for someone who's up there where it's below zero and your whole life is about winter, I think it is especially galling to be reminded of. Uh, of summertime and any kind of product that you should be associating with summertime it doesn't it doesn't make it appealing to you at all to think of like oh this will help me cool off well that that's kind of similar to a conversation that i've had with luke before where we talk about these radio ads that are played during mariners games where it's kind of like hi i'm big time super baseball star on the seattle mariners and when i like to when i'm hitting 300 i'm also hitting the Bar. Like, I, okay, God, I'm so loopy. I can't think of any good examples of anything. Okay, hi, I'm Robinson Cano, and when I'm not hitting it out of the park, I'm hitting it all the way to Fred Murray's car sales, whatever. Like, they're, they're like trying to do these commercials that are based on the performance of the baseball players. Uh-huh. I realize that that sentence made no sense. I'm out of my brain right now. But it's really frustrating to hear those ads when... When the Mariners are doing when poorly. When the Mariners are doing very poorly. Actually, <laughs> and that's kind of the problem with that example I gave. Often they're kind of more promotional things for the station you're listening to. Like, you know, the Mariners are, are on fire and you're on fire with 710 ESPN. Right. It's like, like, they're, they're not, not on, on fire. fire. <laughs> like, we want to set them on fire this week. You know, like, uh, that's kind of similar to that. But there's less you can sort of do. And there are also, like, a lot of product tie-ins, like this cheerful guy who cut an ad before the season saying every time the Mariners get a home run you're getting a free pizza so go Mariners have another amazing month and it's just kind of like it's we're Are you even watching the same this is awful team, you're throwing your yeah. radio across the room because everybody's so chipper well I think for a company particularly something a company as big and with as much marketing budget as a Red Apple Ale which you see all the time I mean they have a pretty substantial marketing budget there's no reason they can't make an ad that is at be- at worst neutral to the temperature and at best right. actually somehow positions themselves as being like a drink you would want to drink in a cold environment. And they should be thoughtful about that stuff because I agree like a big part of these, these you know, whether it's Mike's Hard Lemonade or Red's Apple Ale or I think I, I think I was confusing the two, but Mike's Hard Lemonade. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're Mike's Hard Lemonade, you have plenty of advertising money. Spend some thinking about how a person who's not at a beach party might enjoy your product because most people in most parts of this country are not at beach parties for substantial portions of the year but 
they still go to places where they have to bring an alcohol, they have to bring a six pack. And it honestly, it never occurs to me to grab like a mm-hmm. hard lemonade. But I think with the right ad campaign, you know, I could be on the bubble. Sure. Show a bunch of, you know, you do, you show a bunch of 16 year olds in the woods. Exactly. You know, smoking pot and drinking there you uh, go. hard lemonade. Problem solved. <laughs> late on a Friday night. Right. Shivering your ass off. Not that I've ever been there. Moving on. Um, this is from listener Max. Uh, Listener Max says, I wanted to let you know that I totally agree with your assessment of the Amazon Echo ads. These are the short little 10-second quick hits that they can kind of mix and match yeah. that you were saying how much you enjoyed they them. Do, yep, 10 seconds, but they package them, three of them together, but they always kind of like rotate them in and out. So it seems like, hey, I've seen one of those, but not all two. It seems right. like a new, and it's good very, way to freshen up your commercial. And it's very much about the use cases for a new kind of technology. Like, how would you use Amazon Echo? Mm-hmm. Well, Alexa, play this song or buy roses for my wife or whatever. Call the fire department. Call the fire department. Um, So he says, uh, they're great, except there are two spots that don't make any sense to me. One more than the other. So the first one is the um, play music from the 80s spot. So why don't you play this, and then I'll talk a little bit about what Max objects to. Is this one that's called 80s sweater? Yes. And so what we're seeing is it's sort of like a 70s looking, I don't know if that matters. It's just like a living room kind of like a stone stone fireplace in the background and this um, kind of middle-aged guy is putting on what looks like a cosby sweater to me uh getting out of a box of his his, it says college 1983 and he's like getting out all of his stuff from college and like reliving the glory days and his it looks like his daughter walks by as he's trying the sweater on alexa play music from the 80s okay I don't get it. Well, I agree with Max that it's... So Max says, why is the woman indulging the guy wearing the ugly sweater and reliving his glory years uh, as he holds up his trophy? He's looking at Yeah, he he puts on the sweater. Mm -hmm. Then right as his daughter goes by, she says, play music from the 80s. The guy then... I assume it's his daughter. Could that be his It's it's either his very young-looking wife or his adult daughter. Yeah, because he's not that old, actually. But if it's 80s... Well, anyway, yeah, it's probably his daughter. Uh, and then she says that, and she never stops. She just walks across the screen, says, play music from the 80s. His sweater is now on. He pulls out a trophy, and then he kind of poses there with it. Yeah. I don't think this is the most effective one. I, I mean, don't get it at all. I think the, the, the there's not much to get. Um, well, so what Max says is, why is she indulging the guy wearing the ugly sweater? If he's saying it, it would work a little bit better. Like, he wants to create fit. yeah that to, makes sense but i th- i think it's kind of her making a little bit of fun of her dad but also kind of like i don't think she's necessarily indulging him as so much as she's saying like oh you're look at you you're you're really you've really uh gone you've really done a time warp here like let's let's complete the picture doesn't make sense though it would be one thing if he was putting on like a new shirt that he just got from the store <laughs> but the joke is god it looks like you're right. stuck in the 80s dad and then you say place from the, like yeah he's pulling he's pulling stuff out of a box that says 1983 it's like it's set up it's set up like it's a joke but there's no joke yeah it has I'm the rhythm totally of a, with, it with has Max. the rhythm of a joke without a joke which i agree i think that one is just a little bit send it back flat-footed send it back this next one is an interesting case um and max says this is a more this is more egregious um in which the speaker says tell baby's dad that brian went pee again he says i love that they're acknowledging gay dads awesome but why on earth would someone babysitting need to let the parents know that the baby peed that's part of the babysitting gig. It's just a visual gag about a guy getting pee in his face, an excuse to seem inclusive. It seems dumb to me. Am I wrong? You are wrong, Max, but let me explain why. And I, it's, I totally uh, From under- that, I don't understand what I'm about to see. So what we see is it's just the camera is focused. Uh, it's just a still shot of this guy's face. He's covered in liquid, which we take to be baby pee. A baby has peed on his face. He's not saying, tell baby's dad that Brian went pee again. He's saying, tell baby stats that the baby went pee again. Oh. And it's something, and this is... Like a, a program where you can keep saying... Right. Like you, can, you can keep track of your baby's progress Feeding and health by health giving it information. Stats. So they don't do enough to really, I think, explain what that product is. And if you're only hearing it, I, the only reason I even know that it's baby stats is because I went to look at it and the name of the... Like the ad is baby stats. Baby stats. Okay. So so it's not. It's so so you were reading a lot into it, Max. It just isn't there. And I agree with you. 
insofar as I think this is not a very successful ad because it doesn't give you enough information. What is baby? Yeah, that's the thing about the 10 second. If you're going to make these 10 second ads powerful, which in most cases they do, um, for example, the one that I mentioned the other day is you see some guy he's putting out some sort of fire in the house. You don't see it. He's got a fire extinguisher. He sees smoke and he says, Alexa, get flowers for my wife or something like that. And it's kind of like, you think he's going to say, call the fire department. But the joke is he screwed something up. He's taking care of it, but he's going to be in trouble. So, you know, I mean, I think, I think that Amazon echo uh, is trying to imagine a lot of use cases for this, which is like 90% of the time it's play song. Yes. we, We were just at my parents' house. They have one. And 99% of the time, the only thing you're telling it is play this song or because, that song. As a matter of fact, you even said to me after – it was at your parents' house. This is the first time I was in the room with one of these things, which, by the way, everybody's just calling it the Amazon Alexa now, which mm-hmm. I think is fine. The fact that they created something called the Amazon Echo, but you called it Alexa. And then created the personality that's in it as Alexa. So I dumb. think it won't matter in the long run. I think it's one of those things where the consumer will gloss that over for the company, and the company will just embrace calling it the Amazon Alexa. I right. think at some point, maybe Probably. not officially, but it just it was too complicated. But you, I was playing around with it a little bit, and later on that night you said, hey, would you have rather I got you a uh, uh, an Alexa for Christmas. I got him I said, a drone. Well, yeah, I got a drone. More on that. We'll have to play around with it later. Um, but uh, I was like, no, because it seems like something fun. Like, I want to be in a room with somebody who has one so I can play around with it. But then I don't have a need for it in my life. Alexa, maybe your brother even said this, Alexa is a uh, is a solution in search of a problem. Yeah, I agree. Right? And so they're trying to not... I think if you have a big fancy fun, house but... with lots of rooms and... A, and you set and you make your house sort of like wired to it so that all of your devices and everything kind of goes through it. I think with enough preset work in a in a big enough space and a complicated enough scenario, I could see some value add to it in a four room apartment where, you know, like everything is old and falling apart and we have phones. Like I just can't see the use case for us in our home. Right. And I don't know if it was you or your brother or another family member. Somebody said it's almost like a bridge technology and I'll just wait till we get to the smart house right. or the Internet of Things where you don't – you know, I think – the Echo is a technology that's going to get us used to talking to our um, equipment a little bit yes. more and being able to order things when they strike us. Like, hey, or- Alexa, order more laundry pods or whatever. And then yeah. it starts but I, it, like, it feels eventually very that's going to be all integrated into our products and our actual physical house probably. <clears throat> Pardon me. At least for rich people, I guess, at first. Um, and this is a way of getting us used to it. But I don't have a need for it in my apartment-dwelling life right Yeah, now. I agree. Well, let's play Baby Stats just okay. to uh, close the loop. Alexa, tell Baby Stats that Brian went pee again. Okay. So that the the guy who's saying that is the dad. He's the dad, and he's you know, and you always hear about young parents complaining they're changing the diapers, and then the kid pees right when they're changing the diapers, and you get a face full of pee, and it's another reason not to have kids. Um, all right, one more, one final piece of uh, of listener feedback from the ad council. This is from listener Courtney. Um, she, we had asked about the the little girl who appeared in the Lexus ad and, uh, oh, yeah. and had a lot of sass and a lot of personality. And we said, we think she's one to watch. These were the, uh, uh, the ads that kind of epitomize what you hate about Christmas advertising. The people who are, it was parents trying to hijack their kids, Christmas Santa wish lists in order to get a car with a bow on top. Yes, and uh, and you kind of hate the concept of it, but a couple of them were clever. And the one that really sold it was this. Oh, do we have the original ad here so I can replay it? Oh, I didn't grab it. The, um, I think I have just, it from just last week. Just put in week. Lexus Auntie. Let me see here. I think I, we have it from last week, right? Yeah, it should be on this somewhere. Right, Auntie, and it's the one where we see uh, a mother and father in their kitchen, and uh, they say, "Oh yeah, the the da- their daughter is with uh, the I think the husband's sister, the aunt, some at, at sister the mall. who yeah. is allegedly a kid hating aunt. Like, what? She hates kids." Um, and then we cut to the mall where we see the aunt telling the little girl what she's supposed to tell Santa, what actually the aunt wants, and slipping in her, her some cash in, 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 in the Lexus. And then uh, the the line to listen for here, if you didn't hear last week's episode, is the little girl kind of starts. She takes the cash from her aunt, and she starts like kind of power walking up towards Santa. And she says, uh, "How does she say?" She, she says, "Santa Claus." Santa Claus, and it's such great acting. So we'll just play the whole thing for you here. Where's Aaron? Uh, with my sister. 
But she hates kids. Okay, once more. Lexus RCF. In? Ultra white. With? Premium package. Santa Claus! <laughs> and she's doing that perfect, like, walk of, like, somebody that you might run into it. And, like, she just thinks she's so great and you yes. ran into her at a 20-year like reunion. She's like a little adult. Yeah. She, she nails what, it lo- what that... What that- should look like, but in her, you know, as a child. Such a great little actress. So, yeah, we're curious if she had done any other things. Well, she has, as I'm not surprised to find. This is clearly a child actress uh, who's got a career going. Um, Courtney writes in that her her name is Rachel Eggleston. Um, That's the the little girl's name. Um, She's been in a bunch of other things, some of which I have seen. Um, And, of course, she's a kid, so she's very different ages in a lot of these because, of course, she's, you know, her... She's she's uh, getting older quickly. Um, she was in the Special K protein cereal commercial that I remember seeing where um, the premise is if you eat this Special K protein cereal, you'll be able to resist sugary treats and yeah, temptations. Okay, okay. So a little girl knocks on the door. She's kind of It's kind of like Girl Scout cookies, but she's selling boxes of donuts. And the girl who's selling the donuts and trying to tempt this woman uh, to have some donuts is Rachel Eggleston. Okay. The protein. Okay, so she only has one line that's very but, visual. But she has to do a lot of yeah. like sort of mugging with the donut. Yeah, as you hear that music playing, she's like kind of uh, she's holding the box up. She's like kind of trying to look as cute as she can. Uh, and meanwhile, the woman is standing at the door eating her special K. I think I've seen that one before. Yeah, and she's in another car commercial here. Yeah, she's at, she's been in a few, but I wanted to play this Audi commercial um, because I remember this ad, um, and I. Rachel Eggleston is actually kind of incidental to it. She's in it for one line, and then the rest of the commercial takes place in another uh, scene. But it just brought this commercial to my attention because it was part of uh, her her resume. And I wanted to talk about this ad separately as an ad that I flippin' hate. I think it is, like, to the point of being, like, offensive. I fucking hate this ad. Um, so... I'll set this up for you. It's called uh, Prom Night colon Worth It. Um, the premise is uh, this teenage kid, prom age kid, is dressed up in a tuxedo. His mom tells him she, he looks dashing and that it's normal to go to the prom by yourself. And her, his sister, Rachel Eggleston, says, no, it's not. And then his dad flips him the keys to their Audi and he goes to the prom. I'm just going to tell you the whole story because it's all visual. And he just marches up to what is clearly like the prom queen. She's got a little tiara on and whatever. And she's standing there talking to her friends. He just whips her around, kisses her, and then cut to her boyfriend or some some muscle muscly dude sees and like storms over. And then we cut to the kid back in the Audi, like looking all proud of himself, but with a black eye because clearly, like oh. he took a punch in order to sexually assault someone. Maybe he'll be president someday. I mean, this is the thing. Like people, t- <laughs> I, it really is just so normalized. The idea, like, do you know how pissed I would be if I or someone that I know or care about or my daughter, my high school age daughter, was just. Like, we don't know whether, like, clearly she, cho- she hasn't chosen to be the girlfriend of this dude because she has a boyfriend that she has chosen to be with. Yeah, I hope she gave him and that And this black John eye. Hughes bullshit that we've all been socialized to of like, oh, it's always like the geeky guy should always get the girl because um, ultimately he's really the nice guy. And if he just, like, if she would just pay attention and let him sexually assault her in public like this, well, they'll all have a happy ending. Like, it just infuriates me. Because this is straight-up assault. It is. I hope that it wasn't the beefy boyfriend who gave her the black eye, but or gave him the black eye, but no, maybe, I, maybe the woman. I mean, it should have been, but herself. clearly it's implied yeah. that, yeah, also she doesn't get to defend herself. Right, her, yeah, yeah. her boyfriend She's property of somebody exactly. else. Exactly. Now, in the commercial's defense, you barely let me kiss you, so this could also just be about your whole perspective on being kissed by handsome men look at you so dashing come on nowadays lots of people go by themselves no they don't yeah okay talk about her line for a second 
she does sort of have again an adult kind of demeanor there. This kind of sigh of no, they don't. Yeah, like kind of beyond her. This girl is so bit. LA, it hurts. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Let's keep an eye on this kid, man. Her and uh, and who's your who's your redheaded? Oh, t- uh, Thomas Barboza. Yeah. All right, he's walking. He's 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 striding into the prom. Big kiss. Hey! And now he's got a shiner. And a big grin on his face. And, of course, the girl that he uh, attacked is like, oh, wow. It says bravery. Bravery. Is what defines us. Ah. Oh, look. And by the way, uh, so whoever mad. pulled that off the TV also left what airs during the middle of an NFL game. Are you surprised? I think this was a Super Bowl ad. Oh, that makes sense. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. I think a contender for uh, today's episode title is short story long because we said <laughs> uh, we're super slappy. We got to do a really quick one today. We are over an hour, <laughs> so uh, maybe maybe that's what the story of today's show is. Yeah, we'll we'll figure out a good title. Um, you can always find us. Wait, what? I just said a good title, and then you said yeah, we'll, we'll figure just, out we'll a good title. We'll just figure it out. <laughs> um, you can always reach us at After These Messages Show at Gmail. Uh, you can always find us at the After These Messages Facebook group, and you can always call us at 607 444 5597. Again, that's 607 444 5597. We'll talk to you guys next Tuesday. Cool, cool, cool Nothing new to the kid. What can you do to the kid? Totally stupid and sick. No scruples. Cool man. Ice cream. Scooping it. You can sell anything.